And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. This is show number 15, and happy Saturday to everyone. Glad to be on the radio. Uh, Today is going to be a different type show. I do not have a guest on with me today. I am flying solo, and it's a special day. Uh, We pre-recorded this show earlier in the week, but Saturday, I'm hoping for great weather. I am out, and we are having the release of my first book, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving. You'll notice a similar title from the radio show, Education, Leadership, and Beyond Surviving and Thriving. Uh, 125 points of wisdom, practical tips, and relatable stories for all school principals. It's being released today, and man, I'm excited about it. Very uh, happy to have gotten to today and uh, all the work that went into getting uh, the book ready and and, uh, just building up to this day. So today's the day, and uh, I'd like you to come out. We're going to talk about where I am and where you can get the book uh, in just a minute. But again, this is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. We are on Country 107.7 WDLC, 106.9 WYNY, and Wall Radio has a ton of frequencies, 94.1, 94.9, 105.7, 94.1, 9419 105.9, 105.7, and 106.1 on the FM, 1340 on the AM, and 101.5 HD2 on the HD, I guess. I'm here with Gavin in the studio. Gavin, good morning to you. Good morning. Gavin, we're going to talk about uh, a book today. Are you a big reader? Yes, and I read books, but mostly I read the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And if you were to walk into a bookstore after you would buy my book, of course, of course, what, what would be, you know, are you looking for Larry King uh, you know, story? What What's a book that you would get? Um, let me try to think about this. Um, probably, I have to admit, the first book I'd buy, there's a series of books and it, it certainly sounds eccentric. It's called The Weird series it's books across america like they came out with the first book weird new jersey and it's about paranormal or eccentric eccentric things across new jersey and then they did it for probably 40 other states so there's a weird oklahoma that i own a weird north carolina that's the book i usually look for i have a bunch at home and i read them all the time is there a weird orange county new york or pike county pennsylvania is there no just weird new york and weird pennsylvania so i'm and there may be stories from this county or pike county in the book as well and it's uh, a blend of fiction and nonfiction, would you say? Uh, yeah. Uh, some of it's folklore, but a lot of it is, you know, someone has on his yard a big statue or something made out of bottle caps or something. And I I enjoy that. I also like ghost stories, so sometimes I'll buy books about that as well. Well, I don't have any ghost stories in my book, but I do have some great stories. We're going to share a couple today, and I hope you could come out, Gavin. Uh, certainly you'll be getting an autographed copy. Um So I am uh, in Milford today on Saturday, September 16th. The book uh, will be available. uh, It's the Readers and Writers Festival this weekend in Milford. And I am currently a resident of Milford. And I am at the Naked Bagel. I'll be there pretty much all day. And I'll have a table outside the Naked Bagel. I'll be uh, at the bookstore uh, at the Fauchere at around 11 a.m., uh, but I'll be out and about in town, and on Sunday, I'll be at the Farmer's Market from 10 to 2 in Milford as well. I am working on uh, the release in Port Jervis. I'm looking at possibly attending the Fall Foliage 
and I've been in talks with Foundry 42 about uh, doing something with a release of the book in Port Jervis. But again, the name of the book is The Principle, Surviving and Thriving. And really, I wanted to start with the story of how the book came to be. Uh, it's my 13th year at Port Jervis, seven as assistant principal and six as principal. And uh, I got, as I've talked about on the show, I got in touch with Dr. Rob Gilbert this year. And Dr. Rob is um, a sports psychologist at the University of Montclair. And he runs that success hotline. And I've given the number a couple of times, but I will give it again, 973 743 And uh, long story short, I, I, my, my good friend uh, Jared Kmar got me in touch with Dr. Gilbert. And uh, after I got to know him a little bit, I, I visited his class, and we kept talking about education, talking about life. And uh, when I left his class, he gave me 10 books. Three or four of them were ones he wrote himself. Uh, but just, uh, you know, he's a master teacher, and, and I was so blown away that I walked out of there with 10 books. And um, eventually he said to me at one point, like, Andrew, how come you don't have a book? And I never even thought about writing a book. I, I, it never even crossed my mind. This is uh, early in the fall of 2016. And uh, I said to the good doc, that's not in my wheelhouse. He says, well, Andrew, you've been doing an administrator for 13 years. You're an expert in that field. You should have a book. And we got back and forth. And, I, and again, it wasn't even something in my wheelhouse. He said, Andrew, write down everything you know about being an administrator. Everything you know about dealing with parents, teachers, students, everything you know about uh, what's best for students uh, educationally, what's best for students academically, what's best for students' uh, well-being, and make a list and start there and get some momentum with that. And that's exactly what I did. And I started writing. I started writing just just points I knew about uh, uh, being a principal things that have happened to me, different uh, stories, different um, scenarios that have presented themselves over the year. And before I knew it, just in about one afternoon, I probably had 60 or 70 points. And then from there, I continued to expand upon them and narrow them down and add some. And uh, eventually I got to 125. And I continued to tweak those. I hired an editor and uh, wound up uh, contracting a company called uh, Design 1106 out of uh, Arizona, and we're going to meet the owner of Design 1106, Michelle DiFilippo. She's going to be my guest next week because I learned a whole new world then about formatting the book and should you hire a publisher or can a publisher hire you? Should you self-publish? And, and how do you physically get a book in your hand? How do you physically get the book onto Amazon? I had to navigate through all those things and a lot of phone calls, a lot of voice conferences, a lot of uh, online sharing tools. Uh, we use a product called Rike, and uh, that's a, a, an online sharing. Um, so I really just got working with it. Uh, I sent some different clips to Dr. Gilbert, and uh, here we are. So I am excited that the book is here. And I'm hoping to do some some great things with the book. I'm hoping to share it with a, a lot of people. And I hope you can come out to Milford uh, this weekend. Uh, again, on Saturday, September 16th, I will be at the Naked Bagel in downtown Milford. 
till about 5 p.m. And I will be at the farmer's market um, on Sunday, still working on when and where I will get to Port Jervis to do a reading, to do a signing, and to do an introduction of the book. So I have a quote uh, before we get into some of the uh, stories of the book. And the quote is, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. I used that quote a couple of months ago on the show, and I never even thought I could write a book. I never It was never something uh, I could do. It was never something I had wanted to do. Uh, but after Dr. Gilbert kind of opened my eyes and made me believe, you know what? I can write a book. Uh, I did. And here we are. So uh, the first group of people I do want to thank uh, certainly is my family. I'm going to touch on them at the end of the book into relating about time. Uh, they granted me so much time to be able to do it. Uh, as you know, I've talked about uh, my children on the show, and I've um, even had my daughter Claire on, my 11-year-old uh, on. Uh, so I certainly want to thank my family uh, first, my, my mother, uh, my siblings, my, my in-laws. Mr. Grimes has been on the show. Uh, they've really been a great support. My wife uh, has just been tremendous. She's going to be our uh, Valentine, Valentine's Day guest. I don't know if she's uh, signed up for that, but uh, maybe with her box of chocolates, we'll, uh, we'll get her on. But I do want to thank my family, uh, certainly for the time they've given me, and I'm going to touch on that at the end of the show. Uh, but my mentors, I'll, I'll start with my mentors. You know, in the book, here, let me get right to it. I will uh, jump on that. This is tip number 12, and the book is set up uh, that there are 125 points of wisdom, tips, uh, different stories in there, and they're numbered. Um, and uh, this is tip number 12. So it reads, get a mentor. Who's your girl? Who's your guy? Someone you trust? Someone who will guide you and advise you as you manage all the things coming your way. This person can be in your school, your district, or elsewhere, but make sure of one thing. They are good at their job. Let me rephrase that. They are excellent you want role models who have reached the top of their game so they can give you wise, practical feedback and advice. This is extremely important because you want to be excellent. This is why you're reading the book, right? You want to be the best, so get a good mentor. Many times it happens organically, but don't be afraid to ask someone to be your mentor. It is a high compliment to trust their judgment and want to follow their example. Ask questions. Present possible situations and flat out ask, what would you do when dot, dot, dot. A teacher has an affair with a student. There's a flood at the school. A student is caught cheating on a state exam. There's a death at the school. Or nine students happen to be arrested in school in one day for drugs and so on. So those are real situations that have happened. Those are real things that happen in school. And over the experience, over the time, over the, the years, I have learned uh, from people uh, in my life that have been my mentors. And I'll start with the people uh, I've worked with in Port Jervis. Tony DeMarco, Tom Bon Jovi, John Exanthus, and John Bell. I consider uh, my administrators uh, who I've been my mentors. Those gentlemen are, are local folks and really have made a profound impact on my life. Um, I've learned a lot from them. I've been in a lot of uh, school situations with them, and I've learned from them. Uh, and that's the tip in the book is is to get a mentor. Uh, growing up and, and coming from Staten Island, uh, one of my first mentors was my uh, a priest in my life uh, at the local parish, Father Joe Mastardi, who's an Augustinian priest. 
And uh, he was someone uh, very close to me in my life. I actually spent a year volunteering in, in Italy under Father Joe's guidance and uh, someone who's always been a, a friend to me that I've looked for guidance. Uh, in my world of refereeing, uh, John Clockerty is one of my former supervisors and, and a mentor and, and great uh, mentors and supervisors now, Brian Kersey, Reggie Greenwood, and if you follow college basketball, a gentleman named Roger Ayers um, is one of the best referees uh, in the country. A good friend of mine, Brian Dorsey. These are all my mentors, and I call them. I ask them questions, uh, specific situations, uh, just to bounce off them and, and gain from their experience. So that is one of these stories in the book. Uh, and before we go to a commercial break, I'm gonna, uh, I'll read one more, and this is tip number 18. Last week's topic was about storytelling, and uh, that's in the book here. Uh, And this is tip number 18, and it reads, Remember that facts tell and stories sell. Got to have good stories and pick the best times to share them. My good friend Dr. Gilbert says, Learn to tell the right story at the right time to the right people. People will remember your story and not necessarily your speech, so find the stories that make your point and learn to tell them in an entertaining fashion. A favorite that I always share with new staff is how I got hired. I was a first-year graduate student at Wagner College in Staten Island, observing classes at a local high school. Keeping my head down and listening to the morning program, I suddenly heard my name paged over the loudspeaker. The main office secretary was calling me from the principal's office. What? Did I do something wrong? Why would they be calling me? The principal brought me into his spacious office and asked me to sit down in front of him. To me, his desk was as big as an aircraft carrier. He informed me that the teacher I was observing just had just quit that morning and asked me if I wanted the job. Really? Me? I don't even know how to teach. I'm a graduate student just getting started. I answered confused, stating, well, how would that work? I'm not even certified yet. Then the principal said, no problem. You'll be certified tomorrow and you could start the next day. OMG. Yes, I did write OMG in the book. Can I make a phone call, I asked. He said, sure, but he needed to know my answer right away so he could make arrangements for the expedited certification. I called my parents and asked what they thought, and right away, they encouraged me to go for it. I explained to them that I would not student teach and ease into it, but I would start in a full-on teaching position right away. They reminded me that that was how I learned to swim years before, and when the instructor threw me in the pool and told me to start paddling. I hung up the phone and said yes, and off I went. And then I proceeded to get my, sorry, I don't know if I could curse on the air, (laughs) but my kicked for the next eight months. Eventually, I figured it out and survived. My audience always gets a kick out of that story, so I enjoy telling it. Collect your stories and tell them. Facts tell, stories sell. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving, where we are talking about my book coming out this weekend, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving. We'll be right back. Thank you. There's a blue rocking chair Sitting in the sand 
Weathered by the storms And well-oiled hands It sways back and forth With the help of the winds It seems to always be there Like an old trusted friend I've read a lot of books Wrote a few songs Looked at my life where it's going, where it's gone I've seen the world through a bus windshield But nothing compares To the way that I see it To the way that I see it To the way that I see it When I sit in that old blue chair And welcome back, everyone. Good morning on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. This is Andrew Murata, and we are on Country 107.7 WDLC, 106.9 WYNY, and Wall Radio. Good morning. Today we are talking about my book that is out this weekend, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving, 125 Points of Wisdom, Practical Tips, and Relatable Stories for All School Principles. I'm out at the Naked Bagel today in Milford, Pennsylvania, uh, all day on Saturday, and I will be at the Farmer's Market in Milford on Sunday. And uh, later this month, I'll have my release in Port Jervis. We're trying to set that up as we speak. If you're not able to come out this weekend and you're interested in getting a copy, it is going to be available on the online retailer soon. It takes a little time to set that up. And I am navigating on uh, that process, working along with Design 1106. But it'll be on Amazon, it'll be on Barnes & Noble, etc. It will also be on my website, andrewmarada.com. But if you want your uh, book right away, certainly you can email in survivethriveorders at gmail.com. That's survivethriveorders at gmail.com. And my assistant will help take care of that uh, and get that book out to you ASAP. For those country fans that were listening, uh, that was Kenny Chesney's Old Blue Chair. And that is one of the tips in the book. Uh, Whether you're a leader in your life, you're the leader of your family, uh, you're a boss at your job, there's responsibilities, there's uh, uh, a lot happening. And where is that spot that you can relax? Where is that spot that you can uh, de-stress and not focus on work? And uh, certainly as a principal, as a father... Uh, an author and, and a, a, doing this podcast, doing this radio broadcast, uh, I got a lot going on. So I'd look for that old blue chair in my life. So I'd like to read tip number 116 uh, to you. Find your old blue chair. I am a Kenny Chesney fan. How an Italian from Staten Island became a, munch, uh, a country music fan is a story for another book. But I love Kenny's music. I love his showmanship, his concerts, and his free spirit. I am often tightly wound up, and sometimes listening to Kenny Chesney helps loosen me up and relax. No shoes, no shirt, no problems. His fans refer to themselves as No Shoes Nation, a way to claim being carefree, knowing how to kick back and let loose. His songs bring me a stress-free, bring me to a stress-free place of peace and calm. One in particular is the song called An Old Blue Chair, and I actually wrote the lyrics in the book. So where is your old blue chair? Take a few minutes and give it some thought. Write down three places that you would go away and get an escape, a sense of peace and calm, a location where everything feels right in the world. 
What makes you consider these three places your old blue chair and what feelings wash over you when you think of being there? And I have a spot uh, to write, to physically write in the book. I have a few old blue chairs in my life, not literally, but figuratively. One is walking on the beach with my wife. The sounds of the rolling waves, the salt on my lips, and the warmth of the sun all add up to a cozy, familiar, comfortable space. Another old blue chair comparison is walking alone with my dog, Baxter. Sometimes I can steal early time on a weekday before everyone else wakes up, or sometimes right before dinner. I love being with Baxter. He's loyal, always ready to go out with me, and certainly can keep up. Never complains, and he's a really good listener. Truly man's best friend. My best old blue chair is actually a bench in front of my house. Not just any old bench, either. It's a very special bench. We made it in honor of my dad when he passed away. My father loved parks, loved to take walks, and loved to rest on park benches. What better way to honor him and make a bench in his memory? So that was, again, finding that spot in your life uh, where to relax and and to to cut back. So I do have a very intense job. I I am a father to three, and uh, that certainly keeps me busy. So I look forward to those three things I wrote about in the book. And where is yours? That's an important component to leadership, being able to step back and, uh, and, and, and relax. And you have to find that spot. You have to make yourself do it. Another tip I write in the book, wherever you work, with your family, your friends, employees, colleagues, they're all different. They, some have been around 30 years. Others are brand new. They're all different. So the name of this tip is meet them where they are. You have all different types. Veteran teachers of 30 years with a great attitude. A fifth year's teachers who turned sour right after they got tenure. Those who get nervous when you enter the room and those who prance when you walk in the door like they have something to prove. There are some who are always late and unprepared and those who follow every rule of school including driving the 15-mile-an-hour speed limit when you are behind them and you are late for a meeting. The point is, your staff are at a variety of places in their lives and their teaching careers, so meet them where they are. The veteran teacher who's been in the classroom for 25 years may have a hard time adjusting to the new smart board, while a third-year teacher may know the latest technology but hasn't developed the instincts that only get sharper with time and experience. Know this and understand it. You do not have to treat everyone the same, but you do have to treat everyone fairly. You can have different kinds of conversations with your staff, depending on where they are at in their lives and careers. Meet them where they are. So I offer that piece of advice for you, whether it's in your family, whether friends or or people you work with, everyone's at a different spot. How about number 27? The secret of your success lies in the small things you do Every day. I, uh, this show is about a number of, of different things, education, leadership, and beyond. And, you know, we want to be good in our lives. We want to be great at our jobs. We want to be successful. And uh, one of the things I've learned over the years is these small habits. So let's read this section here. It's about the small things in your life. So the secret of your success lies in the small things you do every day. One of the great things about our profession is that we get to repeat the same actions in a similar manner each day. You establish a routine and then adjust it as needed. 
Consider the list of things that you can do each day to be successful. Eat a donut. Make at least one good phone call home. Be in at least five classrooms per day. Never be too busy to exercise. Jump right into the day without a rigid schedule. Argue back and forth with employee in the hallway. Take five minutes to prep for your afternoon meeting with the superintendent. Drink plenty of water and eat small meals throughout the day. Close your door for two hours to catch up on backed up work that you have not addressed. Hold a brief planning meeting with your administrative team early in the day. Send out an email about the afternoon faculty meeting. Have that second soda at dismissal for a little pick-me-up. From the list above, which can you do each day that will help you? What will help you work better as a more productive leader? Take a few minutes to write down on the lines below the specific actions actions that will make your daily routine both reliable and flexible. Jot down the small things that make up the secret to your success. Smile, be kind, keep positive, greet the students by their names, follow up with staff, etc., etc., etc. I don't want to go on. But it's the little things in your life that add up over time that will help you be successful. So that's a great tip that I wanted to add in there and I've learned over the years. One more before we go to break. We've had two uh, great um, celebrations the past couple years uh, that people were nominated. One person won the award and one just missed it. So the tip is nominate people for your awards and celebrate your staff. And again, if you're not in schools and you, you, you know, even in your job, there's got to be awards uh, that are out there, whether they're countywide, they're national. You want to recognize people you work with, especially if you're their supervisor or you're a leader in their life. So that is something, uh, again, I've learned from my mentors. We had John Exanthus on the show uh, about a month ago, and he nominated me for an award. And I remember how it felt when I won. Uh, so that is something we've added to our routine. So number 71, nominate people for awards to celebrate your staff. This is one of the fun parts of the job. Celebrating the people in your district or school is a great thing you can do for all stakeholders in your school. A few years ago in, in my, into my position as assistant principal, John Exantis nominated me, nominated me for a prestigious county award for excellence. It was a great evening with family and friends attending, and I felt very proud to have been nominated. I still have the plaque on my wall today. I learned from that experience that it is good to nominate people for awards. A custodian, your assistant principal, a top teacher, a secretary. We've had two great award experiences during my time at Port Jervis. First, Heidi Nyland, our superstar assistant principal, won New York State Assistant Principal of the Year in 2014. She is a strong woman with a big heart for students. She deserved the award for going all out for our students in school. I nominated her with enthusiastic support from a number of our teachers and the superintendent, and she won. It was a great celebration for Heidi and for our school. Our second nominee was Carolyn Doherty, warm, friendly, dedicated, and one of our most dynamic teachers. Carolyn is highly intelligent, super kind, and has a special way of actually making kids like math. She is amazing. I nominated her for New York State Teacher of the Year, and Carolyn embraced the process. She made it all the way to the final five and landed in the top three. 
we celebrated her accomplishments each step of the way to the final ceremony. Twitter posts, email blasts, announcements at Board of Ed meetings, school announcements, classroom parties, etc. throughout the process. We swung for the fence and just missed, but it was a wonderful experience for Carolyn and for our district. We view her as our Teacher of the Year, and I'm thrilled we did it. Look for opportunities and pick a deserving person. It is a little more work for you as principal, but, but a win all the way around. The person who is nominated feels good. You feel good for writing the nomination, and it elevates your school climate. Spread the love. We're going to take another commercial break. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving, and we are talking about the principle, Surviving and Thriving, my book coming out this weekend. We'll be right back. Since you turned the tables on me, I've been steady learning on Keeping this turntable spinning, everything from Jones to Jennings, slowly planning my survival. Did a three foot stack of vinyl. Since you had to walk out of here, I've been having a record year. I bet you thought before you left. I just sit in silence by myself Turn this house into jail Dying slow and I'm living hell But love's got a funny way of keeping score And you're leaving lit up my scoreboard I usually make it through Saturday so And welcome back everyone That was Eric Church, Record Year That's one of my favorite songs Gavin was going to tune that down two or three times I told him keep it going That's a great song and I'm hoping... Uh, with this book coming out, it's going to be a record year uh, for me and, and this project I've been working on. It's Saturday, sub- September 16th, and uh, this is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving, show number 15. My name is Andrew Morata, and the book is finally here. It's finally coming out. I'm releasing it this weekend. If you're out and about in town, Port Jervis, Matamoros, uh, I'll be in Milford on Saturday and Sunday, Milford at the Naked Bagel. I'll be outside uh, most of the day there at the shop, and then I'll be at the Farmer's Market on Sunday. And I'm working with some different businesses uh, in Port Jervis to have my release in Port Jervis. Uh, But the book is coming out this weekend, The Principle Surviving and Thriving. Happy to be on the show and happy to be able to talk about the book If you're not able to come out and you do want to get your copy, it will be online probably by October 1st, if not the end of September, on my website, andrewmarada.com, and or uh, on Amazon uh, and the online retailers. It takes a little time to format that and get those links up there and get that ready, and we're sorting through that. So if you would like to order it, uh, email us, survivethriveorders at gmail.com. You could hit me up on Twitter at Andrew Murata 21 uh, or you can email in to this show, Andrew at NeverSinkMediaGroup.com, and we will certainly get in touch with you. So, again, we are talking different tips from the book here and uh, different things uh, that are in the book that can help you be successful in your life as a parent, as a business person, as a leader, uh, and happy to be talking about the book this morning. So, 
two more uh, points that I'd like to read to you today. And uh, I'm going to be having a book reading at 11 in the morning at Milford. It's at the Fauchier is where their bookstore is. And I'll be having a live reading uh, this morning. Uh, but another concept in the book I've learned, for those that know me, I'm not the most patient person. My wife, Jen, has uh, helped me over the years listening to be a good leader, you have to be a good listener, and I am certainly working on that. And one of the tips here is about that. Number 72, let the air out of the balloon. Talking to upset parents or staff members can be a challenge. People come at you, and when it's their children or their work, oh, where am I here? When it's their children or their work, causes that they are passionate about, it can be a lot of emotional energy to manage. Your first instinct might be to respond and defend yourself, but it is really important to let them have their say. I call it letting the air out of the ominous balloon. Imagine the, imag the image of a balloon in the chair in front of you in your office, ready to burst. If you put any pressure on it, especially something sharp, it will pop instantly, loudly, and then deflate. Explosions are not what you want in your office. What is it that parent or the staff member wants? They want to be heard. They need to be acknowledged and validated. Do that. Give them an attentive audience. Let all the air out of the balloon, whether they are in your office or on the phone. Be an active listener. Take notes so you can respond when it's your turn. Use words and phrases like, go on, I hear you, I'm listening, and I understand. Ask the question, is there anything else? And then repeat their concerns in recap to make sure you are on the same page with them. Say, so I'd like to review your concerns to make sure I get it right. And then go through each one. Even if you don't agree, even if they are way off base or out in left field, let them finish. Don't get me wrong here. You are not a doormat, nor should you allow people to walk over you. You will soon see that being an active listener calms the other person, puts them at ease, and assures them that you care, which helps them let their guard down and puts you in control of the situation. You are going to have many conflicts to resolve and a revolving door of upset parents and staff members. So work at this. It is a skill developed over time for most, with a select few having a gift to swiftly and easily resolve conflicts. That is tip number 72. Let the air out of the balloon. You have to be a good listener. You have to be someone that people uh, can go to. They know they're being heard. They know uh, you care and you are listening. That's something I've learned over time, uh, patience, and just allowing people to talk and uh, not be an interrupter. I used to do that. And uh, again, my wife, I give her a lot of credit. She has a, a lot of patience and, uh, I love her dearly. So I appreciate you teaching me that over the year, Mrs. Murata. Um, very good. Number 80, inspect what you expect. Stand by your demands. going to talk a little bit about uh, this tip and then, uh, read this one. You're the boss. Uh, I learned that, you know, being the principal, you're in charge and you, uh, are trying to do different things in the school and trying to take care of things, inspect what you expect. If you have expectations for certain things in your building as principal, you better, that's in parentheses, then you need to inspect what you expect. 
teachers in the hallway at the bell, sitting in the first 10 rows of faculty meetings, staff to attend certain night events. When you have an expectation, you need to inspect during events to make sure that you request what you requested is happening. I learned this from my friend, Dr. Dina Stevenson, through our professional development sessions with PLC Associates. I am often reminded that this ain't my dad's pharmacy. I have ain't in uh, quotes there. In the old days in Staten Island, if there was a problem with someone or something in my dad's small place of business, he could very easily let the person go. He had some people move on, but mostly worked with a small number of people over the life of the pharmacy. After selling the pharmacy, my dad joined Walgreens a number of, for a number of years. He was the head pharmacist, supervising others while training interns and students. Once there was a young man who did not like to shave. My father explained about looking professional and the importance of looking clean cut and clean shaven each day. The young man did not take too well to what my dad told him, what my dad told him was expected of him. The next day he did not shave and began his shift. My father addressed him sternly, asking if he wanted to work there and be part of the team. The young man responded with a resounding yes. Dad said, then here's what you have to do. Sign out of the store, buy a razor and shave cream from the store, go to the bathroom and shave, and then sign back in, and do not come to work unshaven again. That was the end of it. The young employee did as he was told, and then actually went on to become very good friends uh, and a mentor-mentee relationship with my dad. The young man eventually invited my folks to his wedding and toasted my father and mother at the ceremony, saying to the room, Thank you to Mr. Joe for teaching me to become a pharmacist and a man. When you follow through on your expectations, not only are you making sure your demands are met, but you also show your staff that they need to take you and themselves seriously. Requests need to be clear with measurable results. Inspect what you expect. We are going to take another break. We have one more segment on education, leadership, and beyond. I hope you could come out and see me today in Milford. I'm at the Naked Bagel, and we are selling and signing my first book, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving. Come on out, see us at the Naked Bagel, and we'll be at the Farmer's Market on Sunday in Milford. Our Port Jervis release will be at the end of the month. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. The drums and the guitars all faded Was the best they could do good enough Or did the heartland just swallow them up Had in my mom and my dad I'm a little more fear joint in a fancy bar I'm a little more sitting up high on the road than a little old car I'm a little more bust your back and take it for free and that's how I'll always be and welcome back everyone this is education leadership and beyond surviving and thriving my name is Andrew Murata and this is show number 15 that was Tim McGraw 
That's How I'll Always Be. It's one of my favorite songs also. I believe that your character, uh, the person who you are, certainly starts when you're young, developed when you're family. And we change and we get better. That's what this show is all about. But your inner core, your inner being uh, is there from when you're young. And uh, I really like that song. Uh, And I decided to put it on the show today. So we are talking about the release of my first book, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving. It's been a great journey. It's been a lot of fun writing it. I worked hard over the year to find time to do it. And I did want to, again, acknowledge my family um, for the time they gave me. And, uh, you know, during basketball season when I referee basketball, uh, I'm a college basketball official, there's a lot of time on the road. So I was able to to maximize that time and, and, and get it done. So we are releasing the book this weekend. I'm in Milford, Pennsylvania at the Naked Bagel. I'll be there all day today, Saturday. I'll be at the Farmer's Market in Milford on Sunday. Come out and see us. And if you'd like to order your book, email us, survivethriveorders at gmail.com. That's plural, survivethriveorders at gmail.com. And it will be available uh, near the end of the month on on andrewmarada.com and Amazon and the online retailers. Again, this is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. We have just a couple of minutes left. I'd like to read you uh, two last points of the book. This is number 100. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Have you ever run or walked a marathon or a long race, taken a long drive, committed to an all-day hike? This is a journey you are on, this principal gig. You have to give it some time. You have to give yourself some time. You are not going to change things overnight. You can start making changes, but it takes a while for things to change. So you have to be patient, which has never been a strong point of mine. Be patient with people and programs. Think of it as if you are planting a garden. You have to get the seeds, prep the soil, make sure the zone and the sunlight conditions are right. Water, 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 mulch, and then wait, wait, wait. You have to watch out for animals, bugs, and other critters getting at your plants. You have to support the plants when they start to grow with braces and wraps. If it is going to be freezing out at night, which it certainly is up here in northeast Pennsylvania and Orange County, New York, that's not in the book. You have to cover your plants. There is a lot for you to do, but in the short term, it can seem like tons of effort for minimal reward. But if you do these things slowly and get them right with consistent love and care, you will grow a beautiful, bountiful garden with fruit, vegetables, and flowers that keeps giving back to you season after season, year after year. Cultivating and managing grade school education is a fairly similar process. Many variables can affect the journey. People's health, family relationships, addiction, death, retirements, accidents, egos, politics, etc. So remember that this is a marathon and not a sprint. Be patient with people and programs. Keep focused on long-term, on the long-term prize of helping to shape a generation or two with love. That's tip number 100. And I would like to share the last tip uh, in the book, and that's tip number 125. Again, excited to be introducing my book here, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving. So this is the end of the book. It's the last one. 
Uh, I had about 140 when it went to editing, and uh, we shaved them down and cut a couple out, a couple Staten Islandisms, things like that. Uh, but this is it, number 125, and I feel it's one of the most important, so I did want to share it here with you this morning. And I appreciate you listening. Hopefully you'll come out, uh, buy the book, and uh, hopefully there'll be something in there that you can identify with and you'll use for your life. So here's the last tip. It's number 125, and it's called Successful or Significant. I hope you've enjoyed this book. I hope you've found something useful, information and or wisdom that will help you improve your daily function at school. You bought this book for a reason, most likely because you want to be better. Take any tip featured in here and make it your own. That's what I did with these many, with many of the lessons and anecdotes. I learned them from my family, mentors and supervisors. Picked them up from experiences with parents, teachers, and students. I incorporated them into my work at school and made them my own in my career. I hope you will do the same and I ask you, are you trying to be successful or significant? How do you define these goals? How or what will be your measure? What makes a successful principal? Is it high test scores, low incident rates, high teacher retention, high graduation rates? In the end, there are many factors that influence your success and plenty of people happy to measure you along the way. After doing this for many years, I have learned that yes, we want to be successful, but the real goal the real treasure is to be significant, significant in the lives of your students and staff and your community. You will make a couple of bucks and maybe receive a few acknowledgments, acknowledgments over time, but in becoming a great principal, you have the opportunity to make a significant, positive impact on others. And when you can achieve being significant, I can think of no greater form of success. And I go on to include uh, two letters in here, very personal from students that wrote some great things to me. I won't read those today, but they're in the book and uh, really uh, proud that those letters are in there from those families and, and those uh, those students. So uh, that's in the book. And, and that's all uh, we have for today. Uh, my guest next week is going to be the, uh, the show designer, uh, the show designer, excuse me, the book designer. Her name is Michelle DiFilippo. She owns and created Design 1106. So uh, this was Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving on Country 107.7, WDLC, 106.9, WYNY, and Wall Radio. And I'll end with a quote, again, thanking my family, uh, my wife Jennifer, my uh, daughter Claire, my son Matthew, and my little one Tessa, uh, my mom, my siblings, uh, the Grimes family, uh, for all their patience. Uh, my, my sister-in-law, Susan and Kelly. Kelly's a big listener of the show. Kelly, hope you're listening. And uh, my brother-in-law's Ron and uh, Rich Billa. Also, my sister, Suzanne, uh, who's been on the show. Give her a shout-out. Maureen and my brother, Paul. And here's the quote. In this family, love is spelt T-I-M-E. Spend those special time with uh, family members, and I appreciate the time uh, that they all gave me to get this book done. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, this was a special show for me. I hope you'll come out, see us with the book, and uh, looking forward to uh, uh, the release of the book. Have a great weekend, everyone. This is True Companion. It's a shout-out for my wife. Have a great day, everyone. Go out and change the world for the better. 
And when it comes to love, I'm just another fool. Yes, I'll climb a mountain. I'm gonna swim the sea. There ain't no act of God, girl, could keep you safe from me. My arms are reaching out. Tune in this week, everyone, Saturday at 9 a.m. for Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. I talk about the introduction of my first book, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving. 125 points of wisdom, practical tips, and relatable stories for all school principals. I'll read a few expert excerpts from that book and talk and about the process of the book. That is this Saturday on Education, Leadership, and Beyond on WDLC, WYNY, and Wall Radio. You clean that one up? <laughs> That's stunk. Tune in tomorrow, everyone, Saturday, 9 a.m., for Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. This is Andrew Murata, and we talk about the release of my first book, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving, 125 Points of Wisdom, Practical Tips, and Relatable Stories for All School Principals. That's this Saturday, 9 a.m. on Country 107 WDLC, 1069 WYNY, and Wall Radio.